Good afternoon. Good evening. This is Dove Tuzman. You're on equal footing. We're talking about imposter syndrome tonight. You ever feel like you're unworthy, you're not qualified, you have crippling self-doubt, you feel like everyone knows you're a fake, you feel like you don't understand how you possibly could have been picked for this job, this role, maybe even as a head of family, could be in professional life or personal life. Well, you're certainly not alone. Imposter syndrome, it's a form of kind of crippling self-doubt, was first brought to light in various psychiatric studies in the the 1970s. It's obviously probably existed throughout human existence, but... It's been around, there was the American Journal of Internal Medicine and also a number of psychiatric journals that started to do research. At that time, it's widely believed now that up to 80% of people in this country, in the United States, at some point in their life will experience a crippling form of self-doubt that impacts relationship and family life, professional achievement, Yeah, you heard that right. Four out of five people. There's some debate as to what the the thresholds are for this type of self-doubt. And to be fair, it, it isn't recognized by the AMA and other organizations as a disorder yet. But it's widely understood in the therapeutic community to be. We've got a couple of guests who are One in particular, I want to start by introducing and thank for his bravery in being on tonight to talk from lived experience. And he also saved me to some degree, (laughs) some measure of uh, discomfort myself, because this has been a demon for much of my life, As, as long as I can really remember, even though all these outside objective kind of markers of success were there at times in my life, going to Harvard or working at Goldman or starting companies or whatever. From as long as I can remember, I felt like an imposter. I felt like at any point I was going to get kind of seen by others in my lack of knowledge, my lack of competency. Oh, he shouldn't be here. Shouldn't be at this university, shouldn't be at this job, et cetera. So I am going to be open about that. I just, I just was, but our guest is going to be even more open <laughs> and help me out a little bit talking about the effect in his life. And it's a pleasure to introduce him also because he's a personal friend. He's been a business partner various times over decades and he's a fabulously successful person in business, in home life. Yes, as a mentor for many. Ricardo Sidali. Ricardo is a pragmatic, innovative, strategic leader. He's got many years of experience transforming business visions and ideas into reality. He's got a long track record of organizational turnarounds. He's built high-performance teams. He's raised lots of money for business. He's led mergers and acquisitions. 
Ricardo lives in Austin, Texas, but he's led businesses in the U.S., Latin America, even Europe. He's a trusted advisor to many, an expert negotiator. He's adept at establishing key business partnership. He influences a diverse group of individuals and businesses. He served as chief revenue officer and managing director at First Orion Corporation, Syntonic, and other organizations. He he scaled his most recent business from a yearly loss to a revenue run rate of over $20 million in less than 24 months. And he was responsible previously for a turnaround of an, of an organization they acquired uh, for almost $75 million a year before. And yet, I could go on and on about Ricardo, lots of accolades, and yet he suffers, as I do, from imposter syndrome. Ricardo, kudos to you for being on tonight talking about this subject. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for uh, having me, and uh, thanks for the kind words. Uh, as I was listening to you describe me, I was suffering from imposter syndrome. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's meant to be funny. But, uh, yeah, it's been part of my life since I can remember. It uh, probably started uh, when I was young, uh, my, you know, through insecurities and through uh, situations where I thought, well, you know, I, I will not prevail, and, and somehow I did. And um, many times I thought maybe luck has something to do with it. Then uh, later in life, the opportunity to, um, to swim came along, and, uh, and I started swimming, and I was the worst uh, swimmer in the team, and and just got better, and then when I got ranked, um, you know, nationally and then internationally, I still felt like a, I, I just got lucky. Maybe, you know, these guys are a lot better than me. Yeah. And, this is pervasive and on experience. and on and on. Yeah, for those who are listening, if you're wondering, do I have imposter syndrome or, or, or not? I mean, do you struggle with the sense that you haven't earned wonderful things that you have or have achieved? Do you feel like you're a fraud and people just don't see it? You know, those are the types of things. You know, do you have this negative self-talk where you're, you know, other people are telling you you're doing great and you're telling yourself, I'm doing terribly. Well, you may have imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon sometimes as it's known. And Ricardo, I want to introduce a life coach and counselor is also a rabbi who's here joining you, who's at, who's willing to actually get into this uh, with us, uh, Rabbi Stephen Bars. Rabbi Bars has been on the program before. He's a wonderful guest who really speaks from the heart on difficult stuff. And Rabbi Bars, I don't think does suffer from imposter syndrome. He can teach us how to accept the accolades. I'm going to give you a couple, Rabbi Bars. You've spoken all over the world. You've spoken from the United States Senate floor to the Los Angeles Improv. You're, you're a regular speaker at Fortune Magazine Summits. You've authored many books, including a book that was uh, referred to in a previous show you were on called Bliss, the Marriage and Parenting Book. And the worst marriage advice in the world. It's a great book. You should pick it up. You're also the creator of a highly popular motivational seminar called Think Like a Winner. Um, you're blessed with seven children with you and your wife, Ruth. You're known for imparting important ideas from my perspective with creativity and down to earth approach and humor. You, you should check out Rabbi Barz's websites, getbliss.com 
and core, and then the number nine, core9.live. You'll see written content, videos, etc. Rabbi Bars, welcome back to Equal Footing. Great to be here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Very nice. I really appreciate it. I, I just want to say one thing. Uh, a friend of mine is a therapist said, you said 70% suffer from um, imposter syndrome. I, I think the other 30% are lying. Right. I think everybody, I think everybody, everybody suffers from imposter syndrome. It's, 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 the, it's the human condition. Yeah, you know, there is an exception. There is exception inclusion criteria, and I'm going to go way out on a limb here uh, because I'm not, I'm not a licensed therapist. Obviously, I'm. What I'm going to do, actually, uh, this will be fun. I'll put it, put her on the spot. I'm going to ask our producer, Leah Mazniku, who's behind in, in the studio behind the glass here, to come out and get on the mic in a minute because she is a therapist, so she can give us more of an official definition. But, but to your point, Rabbi Bars. A, a, a vast majority of people actually meet the inclusion criteria uh, for Im- imposter uh, syndrome, and it is slightly more common in women than men. Um, it's also often comorbid, meaning it appears also with uh, depression and anxiety. It ends up you know, causing uh, impaired job performance, job satisfaction, burnout, etc. All right, Leah's got – we're here. We have you at the mic. Sorry to put you on the spot, but we needed – because uh, – Rabbi Bars is a, a counselor, a life coach, but not a licensed therapist. Uh, and, and as as a clinical psychologist, what what's the right singular way for someone listening right now to distinguish between normal doubt? Hey, I don't know if I know how to do this task in front of me, or I'm afraid of being a new parent, or whatever it might be, and something that's kind of a problem that they need to perhaps work with a therapist. Yes, I mean, that's, that's but, Hang on, let me, I'm, I'm, you're on that. I'm better behind the scenes. Oh, I'm struggling there with the, with the studio button here. So imposter syndrome is not an official, uh, clinical diagnosis on DSM, uh, but it is, uh, practically uh, the phenomena that describes mostly high achieving individuals who, uh, fail to internalize their success or successes in life and attribute it to um, external factors like luck or coincidence or chance. So it's uh, this feeling of being an imposter, of not being able to achieve these things on your own, but you just attribute it to, like I said, external factors. Leah, Ricardo and I were kibitzing a little bit before the program, and I think we share this feeling of like, when we're successful, we think, oh, we, we got lucky, and then we fail at something, we say, oh, that's our real self. That's and is that is that kind of part of what goes on here? Yeah, and it becomes this self fulfilling uh, self fulfilling uh, prophecy where you think you're not worthy and you don't deserve success or to be happy, and you just like have this voice in your head that says, "Yeah, that's who you really are. You're not successful. You're actually an imposter pretending to be successful, and you're." Actually failing. That's not reality, but that's the narrative in your head. So we're going to talk to Rabbi Bars in a moment about his strategy with his, with his clients about how to kind of deal with imposter syndrome. And I appreciate you being put in the spot here. You were prepared for this. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it, it seems based in the literature that the standardized approach mm-hmm. from a mental health perspective, a therapeutic perspective is, um, to the constant Trying to change a narrative with the client or the patient. You are worthy. 
You are wonderful. Look at the amazing things that you've done. Love, you deserve love. You deserve to, to love and respect yourself. Trying to change that uh, narrative. Now we're going to talk in a minute whether that works or not, mm-hmm. but is that, is that right? What, what is the kind of, if, if there is a standardized approach, what happens in the, with therapists on this topic? I think you're simplifying a little bit, but yes, that is, um, that is the, the standard approach when it comes to imposter syndrome because it essentially is rooted in our childhood. Um, uh, when family members or parents, uh, associate our identity and worth with achievements and we kind of internalize the narrative and as you grow older you have ups and downs in life and you need to learn that no matter the ups and downs you need to value yourself and be worthy of success and of happiness and just believe that believe in yourself and no matter how you know niche it sounds it's it's um it's highly it's prevalent yeah ricardo we were talking a little bit. We both have therapists, uh, not the same one, and we both tackled this issue with a therapist. Is that what I described? Leah told me it was, you know, kind of simplified, but has that, has your therapist approached the problem, if you don't mind me asking, in a similar way? Uh, yes. And, uh, of course, I always come in with, you know, armed with evidence about why, you know, I am not in, and and just look, compare myself to, to others compare my my situations, what happened to me versus what happened to somebody else when when of course when when bad things happen right so what going back to what was just said, yeah, I was you know that that success or that that um, good thing that happened to me well you know that's while I was a, an imposter now that I've lost that or something's not going as well uh, then that's really me but and look around all the real ones are, are, are still successful and so on and my therapist uh, and, and many other people by the way said you just have you know you're uh, you may not uh, be an imposter, but you surely have bad optics about what, you know, observing around you. It seems like you pick and choose what you want to look at, at everyone else, you know, um, you know, around you. And far and wide, you know, she shows me not by naming names or, or revisiting stories that I say that that's exactly what I do, that if I really make a comparison uh, throughout my life, I'm way more successful now than than I was at the beginning of my life. By 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 all means, not just the professional. By you know, you mentioned family, you mentioned emotional instability, you mentioned you know um, physically, and uh, you know that's a way to you know to uh, to treat me. Now, having said that, you know you know it still doesn't work. Yeah, it's Rep- still Rep- yeah, is- better for an hour, and then I'm right back. Yeah, you know? I. I- share Ricardo's uh, feeling that it doesn't work. It's like if you have an issue with body dysmorphia and you walk in with your therapist, you're like, I, I am you know, obese. I am obese. I am obese. That's how I feel. And the therapist says, you are thin. You are thin. You're thin. It's like, it may work while you're in the session, perhaps, because you're deferring to that person's knowledge. You get, you leave, you feel, you, you don't see yourself as thin. It's the same thing with, with imposter syndrome. Just because you're told you know, you are lovable, you are worthy. It, it doesn't make you feel that way. Now, Rabbi, we're going to take a break in a minute, but give a quick teaser, and I want you to get into it after the break. You have a different approach. You have a fundamentally different approach. What is that approach? Yeah, human beings 
when, when, we, when we think about who we are, we have no idea. It's all, you know, Shakespeare said it beautifully incorrectly. To be or not to be, that is the question. And it's just not the question. It's you, you cannot be something. And when we try and think, hold, you know, put ourselves in a position where, who am I? Can I do this? You're always going to be come up short. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and it, you know your your approach is 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 different. Uh, it it reminds me, you know, of the, the there's a there's so many wonderful, amazing geniuses in history that have struggled with imposter syndrome. Uh, the painter Van Gogh was one of them, and he's he he would say, if you hear a voice within you saying you cannot paint, then by all means you must paint. And that voice will be silenced. And yeah, um, let me tell you a story. It's in my new book. Laura Schultz, a 63 year old grandmother, picks up, uh, this is 30 years ago, a Buick. But never picked anything heavier than a bag of, of pet food. How did she do it? Because her grandson was trapped underneath. So if you're going to ask her, do you think you can do it? No, obviously not. We aren't beings. Human beings, we've been mislabeled. We're not beings. We are doers. When, we, when you focus on what needs to get done and don't focus if I'm capable of doing it, you're going to be successful. We're going to take our first break. Ricardo, I want to kibitz with you about this focus on being in the moment and doing as opposed to how we feel about ourselves. If that's worked for you and reflect on how it's worked for me, participate in this conversation. Call in, talk us about, talk to us about your own battles with self-doubt. The number to call 718-303-9090. That's for live on air conversation 718 718- Three zero three nine zero nine zero. If you are shy to be on the air, understandable, and you want to share something perhaps privately or anonymously, you can also text or WhatsApp a question or comment on this subject to our guests, Rabbi Stephen Bars and serial entrepreneur Ricardo Sidale, and our special guest here in the studio, Leah Maznik, who's a therapist. Nine one seven is the number to text or WhatsApp. Nine one seven four two eight four zero six two. That's 917-428-4062. You are worthy. We'll be right back. Pink is another celebrity who's very open about her struggle with imposter uh, syndrome. So hence the curation there, the music, you know, we like to lean in to the difficult on equal footing. We don't shy away from the stuff that can sometimes cause us shame that can be part of a negative self narrative, etc. One of our sponsors, Manhattan medical does the same. They lean into the emotionally painful topic of erectile dysfunction. It affects couples, emotional health, the ability to have enjoyable sex, and there are alternatives out there. It is nothing to be embarrassed about. It affects people that are religious and non-religious by equal measure. There are options out there to help you that don't involve expensive blue pills that are often um, 
often have comorbidities. A lot of people can't take them because of side effects. What Manhattan Medical does, and you don't have to be in Manhattan, you don't have to even be in New York, anywhere in the United States you can get a telehealth consultation to start. What they do is they use a new effective therapy called Gaines Wave, and it's been around in Europe for quite a while, more recently in Canada. It is growing like gangbusters in the United States. You know why? Because as many as two-thirds of men experience ED, erectile dysfunction, in their lifetime. And Gaines Wave Therapy by Manhattan Medical does not have any side effects. It, for over 90% of patients, it has enduring results. It is non-invasive. It is not surgery. It is painless. You got to check it out. Call 888-ED-CURE-9. You can call and have yourself or your partner to get the conversation started. 888-ED-CURE-9. That's in numbers 888-332-8739. That's 888-332-8739. Three nine. If you call Manhattan Medical and you mention that you heard about their ED therapy on equal footing on the radio show, you get a $250 consultation for free. And that's real. If you call in, you don't tell them about the radio show, you won't get that. So get started, save $250, call about this erectile dysfunction remedy, 888-332-8739. I've been caught. We're here with life coach and counselor, Rabbi Stephen Barr, serial entrepreneur, successful businessman and family man, Ricardo Sedali, and we're talking about the crippling difficulty of self-doubt. Now, Ricardo, Rabbi Barr's before the break talked about it, his different approach, more about just kind of doing, if, if, if you will, rather than perhaps believing or changing your narrative by yourself. Does that resonate with you? Uh, it does. You know, I, it, there's a difference between feeling, uh, you know, suffering from imposter syndrome and letting that dominate your life. You know, so they, I'm aware of my condition. I've been aware of it for uh, probably over a decade. And since some time ago, I've, you know, I've, I want to say I've perfected but I don't let it affect me as much. And I, feel, I, I, when you say that 80% of the people are suffering from it, I imagine that that's what most people do. You know, I don't let that paralyze me. So even when I have self-doubt, even when I believe an imposter, that I'm not qualified to be in a certain situation, but I am indeed in that situation. So I have to block that out. And I have to go through that moment, go through that event, go through that situation, go through that process, and then I can become an imposter again. <laughs> but that won't, I've been, I, you know, I'm able to block that out and go through that. So executing through it, we don't necessarily be thinking about it all the time. It's definitely a progress that I have made in my life. Yeah, it's it's a subtle distinction, but I, anyone who's listening who suffers from imposter syndrome, really listen carefully because this is a transition for me as well. It's super hard to change the narrative that I am lovable, I am worthy. If you think you're not lovable or not worthy or not qualified for a professional position, it's very difficult to just decide to change that internal talk. It's for me, it was easier to follow Rabbi Barr's advice and just try to put that aside and just focus on kind of doing my best and giving up all the talk, the self-talk to God being like, you know, I'm just going to 
not worry even if I speak negatively to myself. That's not going to bother me. If I call myself unworthy or inadequate, that's not going to bother me. I'm just going to focus on what's in front of me and do the best I can. Rabbi Bars, am I simplifying your philosophy too much? No, I think you nailed it. it. This goes back to what the snake told Hava in the Garden of Eden. Eat this fruit and you will be somebody. And we've been down this path for thousands of years. And it just, I always like to give the example. Imagine you're, you know, you've seen, you've seen that opening scene from Saving Private Ryan. They're hitting the beaches of Normandy in one of those little boats. And, uh, you know, as the gate comes down, you're going to, you know, it's life or death in a few minutes. And you've got to hit that beach and, and somehow take it. And, and no, one's, no one in that boat has got imposter syndrome. No one's thinking, you know, I'm not really a captain. I'm really more like, you know, a private or uh, I've been promoted too high. You know, because you're very clear. And if you think in your own life, to when in, in the emergency of the situation forced you to just do and forget about who you are, you perform beautifully. If yeah. When we think, we, when we try and understand who we are, that's where we get lost. Yeah, I think one of the things that helped unlock thing, uh, unlock this issue, and it's, it's, it comes back all the time. So it's not like you solve it permanently. Um, but the tool I would say that helps, that helps me is, is remembering that even the greatest achievers in the world, um, often battle with this and, and just, just kind of stay in the moment as much as possible. And those other people in that saving private riot, you know, scene when they're approaching, um, Norman, the beaches in Normandy, just, I mean, they probably, you know, two thirds of them are peeing their pants and they're still, they're still going forward. They're still just doing. Um, so. That's right. If you don't have a choice, right. That's exactly how, that's how you should think about it. If you, if you have imposter syndrome, you're not busy enough. Right. You know what I also like is the Eleanor Roosevelt was one of the, um, most famous figures who was open long before, I think it was 1978 that you started to see imposter syndrome and imposter phenomena used as a phrase in the therapeutic community. She talked about it, her, her battle with self-doubt. And, uh, and, and one of the things that she said helps me, you wouldn't worry so much about what others think of you if you realized how seldom they do. <laughs> and it's like that one, that one works for me. I don't know about you for you, Ricardo, because then it's, then you get to have your cake and eat it too. You get to acknowledge that people don't really you know, look up to you or think highly of you, um, but also not worry about it at the same time. Well, I, I think that's brilliant. I mean, I've, 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 I've heard that before many times and I, and I'm glad to hear, it. you know, the other thing too, you know, as I, as I, you know, I, I meet a lot of people. I work with a lot of people, a lot of young entrepreneurs, like you said, I put teams together. And so I'm seeing, People succeed. I'm seeing people actually do really well in life, where the major factor for the reason that they, they, they're doing so is because they're, they got lucky. You know, they didn't execute perfectly. They executed somewhat okay, and yet things worked out great. So, you know, perfect execution, being totally you know, able to do something in a perfect form is way, you know, over, uh, uh, sold. Uh, there's a, there's an element of luck. So one should allow themselves a little grace. One should allow themselves to trust God to say, yeah, I'm going to be okay. I'll go through this. And you know what? If I don't, there's going to be a next thing tomorrow. 
that I can that I can do better, and 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 that has allowed me you know tremendous progress. And I told you before that one of the things that I've been doing since about 2016, 2017, when a lot of stuff happened in my life, is try to live in the moment. You know, it's trying to live in for today. I said, all I need to do is, is work, is to feel, is to be an, you know, a good person today. And that's it. Tomorrow I'll decide if I'm going to do that again or not. But that, that is magic. You know, going to the past brings resentment. Going to the future creates anxiety. Today is the only place to be as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Yeah. This living in the moment approach is, is, uh, is good for all sorts of different mental health. Challenges and imposter syndrome is a mental health challenge. And I think it was really helpful in my life to realize that that negative self talk, that, that, uh, narrative myself that I, that I'm not worthy and I'm not lovable and just kind of getting to the point where I can talk to a therapist about that was really a breakthrough because then I got tools. I asked, I, I kind of use you <laughs> behind the scenes here. I asked Leah to come in again. And the, the reason is we got three men right now on the program for the most for talking about this topic. And there's been a lot of research, particularly in the last five, 10 years about imposter syndrome affecting women actually more than men. Um, so give you an example in the professional uh, environment, which is it's one where a lot of people finally kind of first come to terms with this about 65% overall of white collar professionals. I'm not saying that those are more important professionals. I'm just saying this, this is from the research and research sponsor, sponsored by KPMG was a part of the advancing the future of women in business summit report from uh, last year, about 65 professional white of uh, 65% of white collar professionals in the United States today suffer from most of the inclusion criteria for imposter syndrome, but the skew by gender is pretty high. There's a 22% difference. So 75% of female white collar professionals experience imposter syndrome and, and only around 50% of men. Leah, what, what's going on here? So, uh, uh, interesting little backstory. Imposter syndrome was first penned about two female clinical psychologists in 1975 because they were observing their female uh, students, uh, and uh, they saw that they had high rates of self-doubt and self-criticism compared to the male counterparts. This was Dr. Pauline Clant and Dr. Suzanne Imes, uh, so the first people who penned the term imposter syndrome. So uh, from that fact alone, I think it's um, in our culture, it's more prevalent in Females rather than males, although studies have diverse findings. I think that is because there is a higher, I mean, there's high pressure on females to prove themselves rather than males. Males are often seen mm. as right. powerful and strong and successful. And, um, there's this, uh, projection that they're able uh, non-emotional and worthy of the success. Although that can have like the opposite effect and make them more uh, prone to imposter syndrome. After the next break, I want to talk about imposter syndrome skewed by gender in the, in the, in home life as well. Really interesting findings from the same study on that. Now, Rabbi Bars, I understand you work with individuals sometimes with organizations. Um, less than the same study found that less than 5% of employers in the United States today address imposter syndrome 
with their staff, even though by a lot of metrics, it is the number one mental health disorder amongst white collar professionals in the country. Is there anything you can say for a break, kind of an exhortation? How should organizations approach this issue? Because it in- involves decreased productivity, less uh, staff satisfaction, etc. Well, ultimately, if you if you could get rid of titles, and there's a there are there are some great CEOs out there that try to do this. I believe um, Elon Musk tried it because titles, you know. Innately create the, the the syndrome. If you focus on the the job that has to be done, instead of your position, you know I'm the lawyer, I'm the accountant, I'm the engineer, I'm the whatever it happens to be. That that's that's the source. That's why it's not working. Your your therapy is just pouring gasoline because you're trying to you're trying to be something and so the therapist is telling you you are loved you are good you are successful you are capable and that is just the wrong way to think about it that is completely ineffective if you look at the jobs that have to, if they, if if careers were built around the jobs that need to be done instead of who you need to be to get that job done it's a completely different game mm. We're talking about imposter syndrome, crippling self-doubt. We're here with Rabbi Stephen Bars, who's a life coach and a counselor, serial entrepreneur, successful serial entrepreneur, Ricardo Sidali. I also suffer from imposter syndrome. And I'm with you here as well. Maya Angelou, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, Emma Watson, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jodie Foster, Michelle Obama, what do they all have in common? In addition to historical figures, you pretty much nailed it in terms of inclusion criteria for uh, for imposter syndrome long before the terms were there, like Abraham Lincoln, Walt Disney, Van Gogh. All these people suffered openly, painfully with imposter syndrome. We'll be right back. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. Footing with Dove Tuzman is sponsored by MDCS Dermatology, your experts in skincare. With two Manhattan locations and four offices in Long Island, including Plainview and Comac, the dermatologists and skincare surgeons at MDCS are proud to be affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital. So schedule your next skin exam in one of MDCS's convenient New York area locations. To make an appointment, go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-DERM. That's 212-661-3376. You can even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376. And don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures. I've been caught. Rabbi Bars, the the great actress Jodie Foster once said in an interview that basically her whole professional life, she feels like people are going to find out that she's a fraud and that they'd take her Oscar back. She said, quote, they'd come to my house, knock on my door, 
and say, excuse me, Jody, we meant to give that to someone else that was supposed to go to Meryl Streep. And you think of this person as incredibly confident and obviously uh, has lots of lots of achievements. How do you deal with somebody that comes into your office who objectively is obviously you know, successful and has, you know, is achieving in their lives and just has this voice that says absolutely the opposite. Where do you start? You, you start with what do they want to get done in life? It, it almost invariably counts because the person, excuse the expression, has got too much time on their hands. There's no crisis in their life. There's, no, there's nothing pushing them. If you got more, if you, if you, you know, if your mortgage is due, if you can't put food on the table, all kinds of crazy things, you know, the, the, the person struggling with, and that was front and center. It, it just doesn't exist. You're in the middle of a war, you know, and I don't know if there's any study on this, but I'm sure that between 1939 and 1945, no one in London had imposter syndrome. I don't. You know, no one was saying. I don't think I can shoot down the the enemy. You know, the German airplanes as they're coming over. Well, there's no one else to do it. So you've got you. You're going to have to figure it out as you go along. Mm-hmm. It all comes from a lack of sense of purpose. And, and you know, a lot of society, a lot of our society we live in is based on this Shakespearean idea: to be is who we're going to be. So it's looks and it's cars and it's houses and it's prestige and it's positions and things like that. And you, you, you know, the Talmud says, says an incredible thing. He says, don't trust in yourself until the day of your death. That's mm. mind boggling. Don't trust in yourself. What, what does that mean? It means you have no idea what you're capable of. Laura Short picked up the end of a Buick. She couldn't imagine that she could do. We don't know what we are capable. Rabbi, it, it, human it, being. and no, yeah. not, not all of our listeners are religious, but I find the biblical examples helpful. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our greatest patriarch in the Jewish faith and arguably in the Abrahamic faiths overall, you know, had imposter syndrome. I would say, I don't know if you mind, listeners remind me saying that, but you know, Hashem, God calls him to go to Pharaoh. He says, who am I? I'm not, I may not be getting any language there. Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Like he talked about his voice as a speech impediment or other issues there. So if, if if Moses can have imposter syndrome, I think, can we, is it okay? Can we like forgive ourselves for having it? Is that one approach? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If you, if you look back, you just think about your own self. If you look back at your life, and this is what the Talmud means, is is don't believe in yourself until the day of your death. If you look back at your life and what you have achieved, and if you can picture yourself 20 years earlier, and if I said to you, this is what you will do, you would not have believed it. We've all got great successes in our lives, despite our own self-doubt. We have no concept of what is a famous uh, story of a, a great rabbi, the Nazir, who was sitting on his deathbed, and he said, soon I'm going to meet my maker, and I'm going to take my books with me. And he said, if, if I, when I was a kid, if, I would have, if they would have told me this is what I would have done with my life, I would not have believed them. Mm. We've all got great lives. We've all achieved great things because we had to get them done. Ricardo, 
was it helpful to hear that? Be, be, be obviously very candid here with Rabbi Bars. Uh, no, not really. I, I, I think that going back to the example of war and bombardment, you know, that's so adrenaline-ridden that I, I'm not even sure that there is a psych condition going on there. Uh, you know, in my as you guys were, you know, having discussing, what came to my mind was that, you know, I am my worst enemy when not when I am successful and I'm thinking that I got, you know, imposter syndrome. That's that's doable. I can go to the therapist. I can do things. I can exercise. You know, but it's when I'm my way down, when I'm looking back in my life and see moments where I was higher up in the mountain and higher up than where I was, you know, be it professionally, be it, you know, emotionally. And I look at me now and and, and I terrorize myself. I, I, I undercut myself and say, look, that proves that you are an imposter. Now, this is the you know real you. Oh and man, I, have I that hear you. I, I hear you and feel you on this, Ricardo. I have the same thing. You know, I want you know. I look back at point in my life and I think, oh, look at all these successes I, ha- I had, and 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 now uh, you know, I, I I don't feel like I'm there. And yeah, I deserve now. I deserve the reality where I don't have success. I totally get it. Well, I didn't. I didn't say that I deserve it. <laughs> All right, I went further. I, I feel that's how. That's what I battle day. with. I don't think you deserve it either. But you know, if you let yourself go, you know, and that that's sort of that's where all these things that we're talking about get together about living in the moment and doing and practicing these things on a daily basis because it is a condition. And uh, you know, uh, you know, that one of the things that imposter syndrome can do to you. And Leah may be able to expand on this, is that it may, it may cause you to second guess yourself. And we as, you know, let's just talk to business because it's always easier about business. The worst thing you can do in the business world is second guess yourself, right? Once you make a decision, you go, you follow through with it, you execute until either you're, you're, you're going ahead or you're killing the business, one of the two. And, and then you, and you do it again and again and again. So through a part of my life, uh, when imposter syndrome was at play and, uh, and was unchecked, today I, I believe I have it somewhat checked, I second-guessed myself a lot. Mm. And that was, that was terrible. It had horrible consequences. Yeah, I think, Rabbi, one of the things that goes on, if you, if you suffer from imposter syndrome, I said numerous times in the program I do too, is that you look at, you, you, you know, we talked about the example of Moses, and Moses was full of doubt, and God trusted him anyway. But the denouement of the story is that Moses achieved his objectives. And I think when you suffer from imposter syndrome, the slightest misstep, not to mention a big misstep or a, or a big failed execution, just talk about the, the business side of life, you, you just pile on. You, you, you say, yes, I knew it. I knew I wasn't worth it. I knew I was a fraud. I knew I wasn't, you know, an achiever. And in that, it, then it doesn't help so much to hear about these examples of these you know, great achievers who suffered from imposter syndrome. No, no, no. <laughs> Moses did not achieve it. He was supposed to take the Jewish people into the land of Israel. He blew it. <laughs> he didn't he, make it there. He, he, right. he, he didn't make it. But you, you take, like, the, the world's biggest brain surgeon or heart surgeon, right? This guy's qualified up the kazoo. He's done 4,000 surgeries. Even though that's true, some patients die on the table. Yeah. He, he, he said, 
it, there's no such thing. Success is not in our hands. That's the big. That's the second big misnomer that people have. You you could try and do everything right and get it wrong. You could try to do everything wrong and get it right. There's so many things. Business is just a great example. There's so many things you can look at and say he should never, he should never succeed. It. I mean, Steve, look at Steve Jobs did, and he was wildly successful. But if he if he turned out to be a complete failure, no one would have said anything. That would be, of course, you're taking on. Remember in the day, the you know Microsoft. He took on Microsoft. So, it, 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 you know, the, the same thing Elon Musk took on the car industry. If he had failed, we would have not been surprised. Whether you succeed or uh, this is another point that's very important. Success and failure is not where the fun is. Thomas Edison said the same thing. The best time in our life is the time before I actually succeed. It's the process. When you understand you enjoy it, the process is where all the fun is. Whether you succeed or not is not that important. It's nice. Don't get me wrong. I like to succeed too. I hate failure. But if you focus on the on on the on, on what you can do, which is try, and you focus on the mission at hand, and get out of the self reflection business, you're going to be free of imposter syndrome. All right. The human well, mind is like yeah, go ahead, sorry. Uh, Ricardo. I'm going to ask you after we take our last break whether that helped. We're talking to Ricardo yes, Sadale yes, and, and Rabbi Stephen Bars about crippling self-doubt. Imposter syndrome affects f- up to four out of five Americans at some point in their lifetime. This is a disorder you can be helped. It's, it, although it's as, as our resident therapist explained, it's not yet in the, what is it called? The DSM? The DSM, but uh, this is widely believed to be a disorder. It certainly has um, a deleterious effects on, on on home life and professional life. We'll be right back. The number we have some interesting uh, questions and comments I want to get to in our last segment. Nine one seven four two eight four zero six two is the number to uh, text in a question or comment. We'll be right back. I don't want to be this way forever Keep telling myself that I'll get better Every time I try, I always stop me Maybe I'm just... We ought to play Pink just like more in the program in general. Equal Footing with Dove Tesman, that's me, is brought to you in part by Mechanical Art Capital. Mechanical Art Capital is a very cool, easy-to-use tool to get money for your watches without having to sell them. If you're a watch collector or a dealer, times are kind of topsy-turvy right now and you need some cash, just download the Mechanical Art Capital app on your smartphone, your iOS or Android device. That's three words, Mechanical Art capital in maximum 48 hours you can get financing for your watch inventory or collection through mechanical art capitals buyback contracts and you also get a free appraisal for your watches which you can use for insurance or other purposes it's really easy you can also go to the mechanical art capital website mechanicalartcapital.com and you can call as well 833-209- 0972, that's 833-209-0972 for Mac, Mechanical Art Capital's Watch Financing Program. I've been caught, I'm keeping on, keeping on we always get into the juicy stuff, right, it, near the end. Ricardo, that last, 
I wouldn't say diatribe. What's the word? word? That impassioned speech there by Rabbi Bars. Um, not about what you achieved. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't bring the people into Israel. He failed in that regard. Uh, not about the achievement. Did that help? That helped a lot. In fact, that made me, uh, uh, you know, think about one of the things that I, I do to, to counter, you know, the, the imposter syndrome is, is that you can't be an imposter in everything, right? So one of, one of the things that, that I do is to, to have different interests, right? It was a, a decade or more ago, everything was about money. Everything was about I was a provider. If I could provide well to my family, and then that was how I measured everything. And so when that went well, everything was great. When uh, and, and then even if I were an imposter, when that went bad, well, there we go. That's the real me. You know, by focusing on other things, by saying, okay, is your family important? So focus on the well-being of your wife, the well-being of your kids, uh, you know, how they're feeling, of, of your home. You know, focus on, on education. I got another degree not too long ago. Uh, and, and so on. That helped tremendously. Mm. Uh, and, and in, in average, I felt more, more truthful. I felt more genuine, uh, than I did when everything was about my, you know, my profession. I want to share a, a couple of, uh, say famous sufferers of imposter syndrome and their approach. John, John Steinbeck who you know, won the Nobel Prize for Literature and, and wrote Of Mice and Men and Grapes of Wrath, East of Eden, etc. Uh, he, he was famous. He was a famous uh, in his own eyes, an imposter, obviously an incredible writer. But he once said, I am not a writer. I've been fooling myself and other people. But what he did cop to was that he would put things to paper. He would sit down and have a creative process. He just didn't consider himself a writer. For me, that works. It's like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a good business person. I just work on business stuff and I start businesses <laughs> and that, that helps for me. Here's one I want to pass by you guys. Tina Fey, who someone else is very open about her, uh, imposter syndrome battle. She says, the beauty of the imposter syndrome is that I vacillate between extreme egomania and a complete feeling of, I am a fraud. Oh God, they're finally on to me. I'm a fraud. I find I just try to ride the egomania when it comes and enjoy it. And then I just slide through the idea of being a fraud. And it is interesting that I think a lot of people that suffer from imposter syndrome kind of often overcompensate. And try to like, and often therapists encourage this to kind of build yourself up. Is this a good strategy, Rabbi Tina Fey's strategy of like leaning into the ego? No, <laughs> because you're going to pay for it in the in the end. You, you, you believe in yourself, like that's you know uh, that's Stalin, that's Adolf Hitler. You when you believe in yourself, you you become a megalomaniac. You don't hear other people. It's it's like you're looking at the you know the suffering of other of of everybody you know whatever whatever the situation is but you know you 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 are seeing the problem let's say you're in a hospital and you're seeing the suffering it's not I can do this you focus on the job that has to be that has to be done and not who you are you see the world 
the other uh, uh, the other attitude which the team of fans talking about, which will sometimes work, yeah, because megalomaniacs do get it right sometimes. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's debilitating. It's and humanizing. Humanizing. It uh, takes away our humanity, and it'll, it'll eventually come back and smack you in the face. I want to get to a couple listener questions. We have a lot of great ones. I sometimes don't don't get to. The ones I should. There have been a couple of folks that have written in, I think this is best for you, Rabbi, about feeling like an imposter in Judaism. And I'm going to raise my hand, and I feel that sometimes as well, where I don't feel like I know a prayer, or I don't read quickly enough, or whatever. And there's a, there was an article we read ahead of this show where the, 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 the writer actually says, I know I have legitimate Jewish roots, but I feel like an imposter all the time. Uh, one of our listeners, Heshi, says, what do you do when you don't feel like you belong in your own faith? I feel like an imposter, but I know it's illogical. Rabbi, what do you say to this person? It's not illogical. That's the way you should feel. We're all in, in that respect. <laughs> we're it. all imposters. Like, yeah, come on. Like, we're, we're, we're all falling short of humanity. There's so much suffering in the world. There's so much new needs to be done. We're standing and praying or we're giving tzedakah or whatever mitzvah we're, we're trying to do. Who's living up? I just wrote a book on this. We never live up. That's the beauty of life. Take it more simply. Are you ever a great parent? Should you ever think of yourself as a... No, we're all falling short of the job that's necessary in life. And that's the way we should, we should feel. There's a, tra- there's a, a footballer, a, 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 an athlete, think, I now made it. When you think that, you're starting to lose. Mm. There's always more to achieve. Life is about growth and focus on the mission, and it's not about who we are. If you think you've made it, you think you're somewhere, you're beginning to you're beginning to uh, you know, fall off the edge of the cliff. Great you segue. Don't ever get anywhere. Yeah, super yeah. quick, Ricardo. Did that resonate with you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think the first thing that came to mind as you guys were talking was that, you know, a level of insecurity is actually positive, mm-hmm. I think. You know, I remember the, one of the first times that I went to, you know, to the doctor with my, 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 my daughter when she was a baby, and I said, man, I, I don't know what to do and all of these different things, and my son is the same thing, and, 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 and he said, well, you're going to be a great dad. Because you're asking questions. I want to get to a listener's question is on parenting. Good, good swag, segue here. And Leah, I was going to try to package this more professionally earlier on that, on that KPMG study because it turns out actually that a, the highest incidence of imposter syndrome in general is with like working moms. For example, so one of our listeners, Ducia, writes, the only area in my life, in fact, where I feel like is an, an imposter is at home with my four kids. I never do enough. I don't actually feel that way at work. And she goes on. Um, and in a lot of the show, we focus on the professional. Is this is this part of what you know affects those numbers? Is that that women tend to be identifying themselves more in the parenting role than men? Um, yes, and also no. There are some women who identify more with their professional careers and this idea that they're, you know, they're working moms, so they can't give it all at home, but children are demanding and they have emotional needs and they find more fulfillment uh, professionally and vice versa, where they might find, they might identify more with 
being a mother or the role of a mother and they feel that they are lacking in their careers. So it's a very delicate balance that I um, have seen affect women more than men, but that doesn't, of course, that doesn't exclude um, men having the same. Rabbi, is your answer to Ducia the same as to that dad that you mentioned in your last little anecdote? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly that, that, the most unhealthy parents I've ever had to deal with are the ones who think they got it down. Ooh, I, did, I just wrote a book called interesting. Bliss. I just wrote a book called Bliss on on the on, the, it's on Amazon on marriage and parenting. And a healthy parent is somebody who feels like they're not giving their kids enough enough love, enough attention, enough advice, whatever it happens to be. That, as Ricardo said beautifully, it's a, it's a very healthy thing in, in areas of import. You want the guy who's running the nuclear power station to have a little bit of self-care. I'm not quite sure <laughs> if this is really... You know, maybe I should check with, check with my supervisors. Okay. You want an open-heart surgeon to have a little bit of self-doubt. In areas of import in life, self-doubt is really healthy. Ricardo, I want to finish with a... Well, I won't give a preface to it. If you close your eyes and you imagine waking up tomorrow as a version of Ricardo Sidale who doesn't suffer an iota from imposter syndrome, the opposite, it, it's gone. It was magical. It wasn't your therapist. It wasn't Rabbi Byers. Who knows? You wake up tomorrow and it's just not part of your life. What does that Ricardo tell this Ricardo on the program before we finish? Man, I, the only thing I can think of is I wake up and I would freeze. I would be frozen trying to what happened, right? Because I've somewhat, I, 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 I manage today with the way I am, but I think that what uh, what it, this new Ricardo would say that feels great, but you know a little bit of insecurity doesn't hurt anybody. So don't you know don't go all the way. Go the other way back. Do feel. Do question. Do ask questions. Do, uh, you know, uh, confidence can come in in the excess format. And by the way, I see that as well around me, people that suffer from the opposite, that they're so self-confident that they end up self-destructing because of that. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, that was very, very raw. And I and I do want to say we often get into this with things that have to do with mental health is sometimes we don't want to let go of our challenges and our pathologies. We've talked about William Shakespeare a little bit. I want to thank you guys both for being in the program. And I want to end with the William Shakespeare quote from measure for measure. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good. We oft might win by fearing to attempt. So all of you suffering from imposter syndrome, including myself, an exhortation to attempt and do and be, give yourself a break. Rabbi Stephen Bars, Ricardo Sedale, thanks for joining. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Nice meeting you, Ricardo. Good luck. You too.